welcome to Endless 08, a time loop anime podcast. I'm Duffo. I'm BJ. It is 2008. We are watching and discussing anime from 2008, the year that it is. And what a good year. It is a very good year. We are teenagers. <laughs> we are thinking about our sexualities for the first time. Oh, God, more than just that. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, we are, of course, using the media that we are consuming. To, to, to define ourselves? Yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah, and think about the kind of things we would look for in relationships in the future. Where the fuck are you leading this? Future. What the fuck is I, going on? I want to talk to you about Sundare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think you're trying to make a jab at me for someone that I'd been with before, and I'm like, what the fuck? Where's this going? <laughs> Am I going to get roasted? Whew. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, it's Sundare, the, the trope archetype of the generally woman i don't think there have ever, ever been a tsundere guy could happen it's playing against type if you do that yeah mm. um and uh yeah it's a woman who likes a person but doesn't want to show at all that they like the person so they act negatively towards them um the uh i think the classic line is i don't like you baka or something like that yeah <laughs> uh having spent time in a japanese high school have you seen kids attempting this in real life not as like a whole of their personality. There were kids who would dip into it for a meme and <laughs> like for sure. Um, and there were some kids who like kind of had elements of it, but it wasn't ever like, oh, that person very clearly and neatly fits into the archetype of it and that they done. Uh, but that might have also just been because my kids weren't exactly that imaginative. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about Rie Kugamiya last time. We did. As the, the voice actress who was continuing to do a great fucking job Absolutely in this show. Phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Right. Uh, but they are also making reference to her four big roles. Okay. I, I wanted to talk about it because we, we will get to see another one of the shows Ooh. on here. Um, are you familiar with Shakugan no Shana at all? No. Okay, because season two of it comes out in 2008, the year that it is. Yep, okay, awesome. We'll come around on it. Rie Kugamiya plays an incredibly similar character in a a fantasy battle slice of life. Oh, God, okay. Type show. Yep, okay, (laughs) cool. Yeah, we'll trade the wooden sword for a real sword (laughs) and there will be actual enemies. (laughs) Although, fucking Tiger gets into it. (laughs) She does. God damn. (laughs) Honestly, as a teacher watching this, there's a lot of moments where I'm just like, I could suspend a kid for that. (laughs) Just flat out, like, even just like, she just slapped him. That's a suspension straight away. Mm -hmm. She just threw him across the room and knocked over four desks. Oof, boy, that might be an expulsion even. Mm. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you would have probably determined that the two of us went to the same high school together. (laughs) I believe they tried to roll out a policy where if you were watching a fight, you would also... Face yeah. suspension. Yep, yep. I will tell you the rule now is if you record a fight, instant suspension. Right. Yeah, because again, when we were in high school, phones weren't as much of a thing, particularly for, like phones with really nice cameras. Um, so that wasn't exactly the thing. But now, ooh, yeah. That was I. Jeez, maybe getting into a bit too much here, but um, there was a fight today that I got to witness and try and help break up. Oh, great! And yeah, great. Um, and uh, one teacher got thrown to the ground. And uh, <laughs> as soon as the fight was done and they were pulling the kids apart and walking away, the rest of the teachers wandering around going, give me a phone. Yep. Now give me a phone. Go to the office. You? Yep. Give me a phone. Go to the office now. Yeah. Fun stuff. If you're not a high schooler, it's a weird time to be a high schooler at the moment. 
Yes, there is a lot of poor socialization that is leading people to make weird choices. Thank you, pandemic, which will... It's 2008. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure there will be a big problem in the future. We don't have to worry about that. It's 2008, baby. Yes. Uh, sorry, Shayna from Shakugando, Shayna. Uh, Louise from The Familiar of Zero, okay. another fantasy series. And Nagi from Hayate the Combat Butler. Ah, yep. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I have heard of that one. Yes. And so these were all roles that were leading up to Toradora. Oh. And many people consider Tiger to be like the culmination. Ooh. They were like, oh, she's she's been in the dojo. Right. She's been working on her Sundere, building it through these characters, and Tiger is like the end result. Right, okay. And it's the one that has had the biggest impact on the culture that we will look back at and go, This is this is the Sundere. Yeah, okay. So you're telling me that we fucked up and <laughs> we started on the high and it's only gonna get worse from here. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, Shakugan no Shana, season two, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> to see a not quite as good tiger, from what I understand. Fantastic. All right. So, coming back into the show, we finished on episode 13 last time, which rounded up the cultural festival. Which rounded up the cultural festival arc. Yes. Yes. Um, so, 14 through to 25. I didn't watch 26, the OVA. You didn't from, watch it? From 2011. No. Oh. I'll come back around on it at some okay. point. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back around on the cooking ones as well, which is critical. Because you remember last time I was saying, oh, something bad happens to Inko at the end of the series. Yeah. And that- I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, what's going to happen to this buddy bird? Still around? No, Waiting that happens it. in one of the comedy shorts. The bird gets eaten. It's <laughs> 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 like a throwaway gag, not considered to be canonical. But right. Okay. You were okay. talking about, oh, the bird represents them and sort of their poor lifestyle and now we can get into it i literally i have my notes this time i have a fucking note um in episode 25 when like towards the very end when they're all when they finally realize they like each other and they're deciding they're gonna be together and whatnot um we have a very explicit shot where it's just look it's her looking down at inko in inko's cage and she says family proof motherfucker yes this bird represents their family Official retraction and apology. <laughs> the bird, the bird is their family. The bird is a relationship. Uh, the bird is one of the many metaphors that this show is very comfortable in using. <laughs> well beyond so many other, you know, rom com shows or just like shows at this time in general. For sure, definitely. Um, there's a lot to stew on in this one. I was expecting, honestly. My notes are not that extensive because I had to pay too much attention while I was watching it. I was expecting this to be like, oh, yeah, I could just kind of put it on whatever while I do this other thing. But no, I had to keep paying attention a lot <laughs> and actually focusing and going, what does this mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Mm. I think like we've jumped around a lot in the past, but I'll try and keep it chronological this time around. Because yep. yep. the back half of it is separated into four pretty clean arcs. You have the student council elections. Yep. Uh, you have the Christmas. Yes. The Christmas party. Yep. You have the ski trip. And then you have the ending. <laughs> yes. So if we start with the student council election arc. Yes. I'm so interested to hear how you felt about this because Kitamaru was not a character you liked in the first half of this show. No, I, I have I have now grown a great fondness for him because he is hashtag relatable, right? <laughs> Just so much he's got the weight of all the expectations and the girl he loves is like up yours i'm off the the previous student council president is yep. like up, up yours i'm off to america you need to deal with this shit here and oh he gets so heartbroken 
Yeah, uh, this is the plot for him that we've been holding back on before this time. He's clearly had other stuff going on, but he doesn't share it with the rest of the group. I think that's why I didn't like him. Yeah. I don't like shady people who are sitting over there just like minding their own business, even though that's what I am. I do that. Like, that is me. It it me, but no, just (laughs) I hated it. And now we get to learn about him and see his flaws and see these things come out. I'm like, hey, yay, it's a person that I can understand. Yeah, because Ryuji doesn't really know this about him despite them being friends and, you know, regularly hanging out and stuff like that. Um, the stuff that he does in the student council, they've all just kind of mind-holded. Yeah. Like, he, he goes off and works with the student council sometimes, and they don't understand how big a part of his life that is. And that, he, importantly, he's gotten involved in the student council because he has a huge crush on the student council president. Yes. Yes. Very interesting. Um I, I would be lying if I said I hadn't ever done anything to get with someone. <laughs> um, but yeah, not, not exactly the best decision to base your <laughs> school life around, but he did it. Um, she le- she is going to leave and he gets into a depression and decides, nah, fuck this shit, I'm out. I was here for her, she's gone. I'm, I'm done, boy. Yeah. Just just ups and leaves. They come into the elections. He declares uh, he is not running. <laughs> yeah. And that he doesn't care about shit anymore. Uh, which he uh, he dyes his hair blonde. He bleaches, <laughs> he his, bleaches hair. his hair. Oh, he gets what's his name? Haruta, the the class clown. Yeah. He teaches him, <laughs> and they they roast him. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude? Why did you tell him how to do this? Why did you show him?" And he was like, "I don't know. I thought I like thought he was just asking. I didn't actually think he'd do it. Like, of course he's doing." It. Mm. Minori dragging him in to go on trial <laughs> in front of everyone is a very good scene. Very good scene. Um, I do kind of wish that he dyed his hair color instead of just bleaching it i don't know i just feel like that'd be more fun um do you have some kind of connection with this because i know that again going back to our high school days which is this year are you gonna um, talk about my fucking mohawk yeah i am gonna talk school. about your mohawk <laughs> <laughs> you came in one day with a mohawk and it was glorious and you were sent to the office yep and told to get rid of it what the fuck, school? I, I was trying to hold out on it for a few days there, and the the decision to get rid of it wasn't actually pushed by the teachers. It was, um, I went with my dad to the hardware store yeah. a couple of days after uh, with this mohawk, and there is just this random guy there, uh, like middle-aged guy sees me, and he runs up to me and starts screaming at me. Uh, saying, who fucking did this to you? Oh. You tell me who did this to you. I will, I will take my friends. I will go and bash the shit out of them for you. Oh, my for God. fucking your hair up like this. What the fuck, dude? He looked at me and he's like, you know, clearly this has been done against your will. <laughs> I didn't know that. Holy shit, that's amazing. Oh. Oh. The school was not happy with it. I still want to point out. Oh, like, yeah. School was not happy with it. Just, oh, man. I'm Look, s- I was getting into heavy metal music. I was I was trying to push that part of my identity. I, I wanted something that was going to be out there because, yeah, like I said. You're I, a teenager. I worked very hard on my grades and stressed myself out a fucking lot in junior high school. Yep. And when I got to senior, I was completely sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Story of our lives, basically. You and I were not the top of the school. I think you were higher than me in grades, but uh, we were at the top. And I don't know about you, but grade 10 was a pretty cool breeze. Just like, you know, like had to work a bit hard, but whatever. But then 11 and 12 was like, ah, oh, fucking, I'm over this shit. Whatever. It'll be fine. Then we started, I don't know about you, but yeah. I started failing things and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh no. 
Yeah, I I barely passed some classes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got a essay ten plus in math, barely scraping over that line. Yeah, can't recommend it as a choice. But when you see depictions of it in shows, you're like, oh yeah, I. <laughs> yep, yep. I get that. Which is funny because the other characters are either. <clears throat> They are either bewildered by this or they are openly contemptuous in Army's case. Yeah. She, Army, I really like Army. Like, I've really grown up. Wow, really? She's just, she's such a cunt. <laughs> just to the point that, like, I'm now, I think, I think recording halfway through kind of, I'm an idiot. All right. I'll accept that now. I feel like I didn't have enough exposure to these characters. Now I'm understanding that, like, yeah, we need to have this cunt around just to like really give us that extra perspective and give us someone to be like, damn girl, you're right. Just chill out. <laughs> she is, she is an incredible plot mover. Yes. When things need to move along, she makes them move along. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. It, and so, um, what's his name? Dyes his hair mm. and runs <laughs> off to, to Duji's house and it's like, Hey, I'm going to hang out here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which Tiger is thrilled about. Yep, yep. She's totally for it. Yeah. And so they hang out a bit and then he runs off to, I don't even know what he does. I think he just went and thought about things for a while. And then mum comes by with some hair dye and tries to get him to change his ways because she's been in contact with dad. Dad's freaking out saying like, tie your hair back. You're going to be the student council president. The adults are colluding, yes. Yeah. And so he runs off. And then they will go back and try and catch him and it doesn't work. So then they hatch the plan. That is the crux of what's happening here. Tiger runs for student council president. Fantastic. As, as the evil candidate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh. is a very funny bit to do. Gets up in front of the whole school with a mic and just starts, like she's got the mic, but she just starts flinging it above her head and just screams at them all. Just... <laughs> Absolute power move, incorrect use of uh, microphone and audio equipment. Absolutely love it. What a, wonderful! Yes, yeah. She like she is leading into like having played the villain in the wrestling. Arc. Yes. We see like you know she hated this role at first, but now like she's kind of accepted this as part of how people view her, and she's just just leaning into it now. And she's like, "You fucking peons! I will make your lives <laughs> miserable when I get elected." <laughs> Oh, it's so much fun. Um, and But the the issue is, if um, if he doesn't put in the paperwork to say he's running for student council president before, I think it was the end of the week on that Friday, the end of the day, then by default, she will be the president. <laughs> and they're just, they're just like, no, nah, he'll do it. He's not the kind of person to give up that easily. He'll do it. He hands the paperwork in fucking late. <laughs> that's how, that's how f- close they run this thing. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Um, yeah, we, we have lots of heart to hearts, lots of, no, I don't want to do this shit. This is bullshit. And they're like, yeah, you've got to do it because you're the dude. You've already yeah, been doing it. You're good at this. maybe belabored that a bit. <laughs> maybe a bit too much, yeah. Um, and so they're having one final, like, confrontation about it. And then the current leaving council president comes in and goes, ah, you're disappointing me by giving up so easily. So he goes and goes to put the paperwork in. Great stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, it takes his agency back away from him for a bit. Yes. That, like, they've they've pushed him all this way to sort of understand how much 
people are trying to help him around him mm-hmm. and how much Ruji and Tiger like care about him and are invested in his well-being and he's about to act on it and she steps in to like pull it away one last time yeah very interesting it's, it's frustrating to watch yes and of course he then gets up on the day he's elected uh, student council president and he uses his election speech to confess his love for her just what a move what a move i i do i could not ever do that that was oof even better for the best if i were in that audience i would be dying <laughs> I go cringe that for le- sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Second level, third hand cringe. Yeah, uh, would be enough to take down a large mammal. <laughs> yes. Yep. For sure, I would have passed out at that point, not even being up there, just being in the crowd, <laughs> just completely. Um, even better, she fucking rejects him. Hell yeah. Oh, just straight up rejects him. Oh. <sighs> and then Tiger goes to fight for his honor. <laughs> Because, of course, she's going to do the one thing that she can do, which is fucking fight. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. They have a full-on brawl in the classroom. I was not expecting that. Yeah, we, we can kind of talk about, like, the animation and the way that this was choreographed as well. Because we get a sword fight between them. Yeah. Like, she gets a kendo sword as well. And uh, the animation that we see here is not like anything else you see in the rest of the series. No. It's, like, a super choppy. Um, you, it's there's a really good high impact uh, s- uh, section where the camera is like from her perspective, and you get Tiger coming directly at you as she is jumping across across the desk, like yes, directly into where the camera would be facing. Oh, so much fun! I, I think the only thing that would have made this better is like we have this sequence, which is amazing and wonderful, and then we have like a little bit of a rewind, which is just the actual version of what happens, which is just the two girls walk at each other and just kind of punch each other in the face a couple times. <laughs> but ah, oh, great stuff! Um, and then they get broken up by the teachers. Oh, wait, no, the teachers, no, they get broken up by the students and the teachers come in and throw yeah. them all away. Ryuji is the one who has to come in and get Tiger to back down and holds her back. And all the student council president's classmates hold her back as well. And, uh, and she starts crying and Tiger starts crying and you cry and I cry and we all cry. <laughs> I didn't cry yet. <laughs> I, no, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, this is the moment where the student council president is like, oh, actually, I was in love with him also, but I was rejecting him because I know that he is so obsessive about stuff like this that he would ruin his entire life and throw everything away to try and follow me to America. And I'm not going to let him do that to himself. Which he kind of does end up doing. Like, I, like, I'm not spoiling things a little bit, but towards the end we find out that when he graduates, he moves to America to go to university. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. He's gone to the same university, hasn't he? I betcha. <laughs> yeah. And, like, this is a critical point of this where um, I didn't quite catch it as I was watching the first time around, but thinking back on it now, um, she really admonishes Tiger for failing to understand the concept of self-sacrifice. Yes. About not getting everything you want because it might be in someone else's interest. Yes. For them to get that instead. Yep. This is something she actually, like, really takes to heart out of She this. does, yeah. In our very next arc, she takes it to, like, she enacts the, oh, not enacts, she, um, what's the word? Acts. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in the, this very next arc, she acts on it and takes that advice. And yeah. She, and she puts it into action. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah. Uh, your teacher instincts are completely right. She does get a two-week suspension. <laughs> yes. Good, good. I, I, mm, a two-week suspension. 
I would argue it's not enough for having a full-on brawl inside a classroom, breaking desks, brawling with swords. But you know what? Like, <laughs> we've got some punishment happening. Okay, cool. Great. Good to see. It's a good thing to have that space where she steps away. Often in shows, they tend to struggle with when there is a character who is having growth and, like, changing things about it. It's really hard to not make it seem too sudden of a change. Yes. And so it's good that it has that... <clears throat> enforced break for the characters yes where she does go away for two weeks and when she comes back having drunk her normal juice (laughs) (laughs) and being significantly more normal yeah it happens a couple times in times like coming up Mm. like there are a couple of moments like that and it's, it's really good to like both have that but then also allow the space for the other characters in the show to be present and really like show themselves and be a part of this cast and not just be green haired dude at the back who's an idiot yeah um we, we will talk about this side cast because harata was the long-haired guy he was kind of like the main actor in the first half of this series yep um but we are going to see a lot more of another character maya kihara yes this is interesting to me because like i said i was reading the manga alongside this and even at the very start like the first chapters in the thing she gets introduced as a name character Oh, like, this is Maya Kihara. Okay. She's the girl who pairs up with Kitamaru in the gym when they do the ball throwing game. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And like, you'd never remember that from the show because it doesn't draw attention to who it is he's paired up with. No, no, no. I think, just- I think all we hear is just like, hey, catch, like, and, and the name. And then that's about it, I think. Maybe you're like, I'll pair up with such and such. But yeah, that was it. But early on, we have that, yeah, she has jumped in to pair out with him, and it's because she kind of has a thing for him. Yeah, okay. And, like, it, it always, the show always wants you to consider Kidamara to be someone who a lot of people like, um, and there are girls who show interest in him through the thing. But it's it's a bit more explicit that Kihara has more interest in him than the other girls do. Yeah. And, and it's inter- it's nice to see her more as well as the other characters because especially at the beginning, like we do see them around, but the only times we ever see them is when they're in the classroom and Ami comes along and like, oh my god, Ami, how are you? Yeah, and the two girls Army's are both friend. just, um, both the girls are just kind of fawning over Ami's like popularity and trying to you know like and they're friends with her and that's about it. It's like oh yeah, those two are Ami's friends and that's it. Whereas now we get more of them and it's nice. Yeah, it's she, she's nice. got a personality outside that. Um, it's interesting. I don't remember if the anime uses this phrase. It might it might use this phrase in the subbed version in the original language. It doesn't in the dubs. She gets referred to as a co-girl. Ooh, I didn't we no, I did I don't remember seeing that, but that yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I'll 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 get you to explain this. Uh, I think it's a bit of a it's not the currently used parlance. I think they would just be called a gal. Yes. At the moment. Um, so currently in the current year, uh, we would use the word gado, I think, just as a general term. And that's just, uh, generally it's a woman who dresses up as a high schooler. Usually they're not high school age kids, it's adults, and they're dressing up in the fashion of a high schooler, which would be short, uh, pleated skirt with, you know, often it's got um, tartan print or something like that on it, uh, a sweater, and uh long loose socks and but also the the shirt the skirt needs to be quite short because it's quite a um i don't know a sexy thing is, is the idea and uh so kogyaru is like where 
current use of the word gyaru would come from. And it's basically a shortened form of core course, a gyaru, core course, a being high school student. Um, so yeah, core gyaru would be a pretty, pretty good, um, I don't know, term to describe her. Cause I think we do see her later on in one of the other arcs and she is wearing not the school uniform, but something just basically <laughs> a uniform again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Gals have become a lot more popular in anime and manga in recent years. We right. live in a post-my-dress-up-darling world. Yep. Uh, the, this is now, I would say, one of the most common archetypes for female romantic interests Ooh, in okay. romance and rom-com anime at the moment. Good to know. And what most people nowadays would look at and be like, oh, you know, it's a girl who's, um, you know, she's, she's blonde, she's uh, extroverted, she's bubbly, um, she normally wears a lot of accessories... Um, she's nice to everyone, including the otaku. Uh, she has some otaku interests herself. I didn't know the otaku angle was a part of it. That's interesting. Okay. And kind of saddening. I feel like <laughs> unnecessary comment, but, but that feels like the fact that that's become a common thing feels like anime has just become a lot of, um, even more so than the current year, 2008, um, of just like self insert and wish fulfillment, which is like, yeah, nah, guys, you really need to. We can what we can if, make this realistic. What if the hot extroverted girl had the same interest as you? <laughs> Isn't that go to your room? <laughs> no, it is not interesting. It is boring because everyone's doing it. But that's that's not necessarily what we see from Kihara as a character. No. I will say in the anime, I do feel that she's a, still a bit underdeveloped, not majorly so, like she's a background character to some extent, like a secondary character. We don't need to get a lot from her. But um, yeah, she's kind of she's good friends with the other <laughs> background character girl, whose name that I don't know, um, and, and friends with Ami. And, you know, I, I would class them as just pretty typical teenage girls, high school girls, you know, kind of generic interests if you will but at this point it's just critical that we have a female student who is a uh, has a character status and isn't in love with ryuji <laughs> that, that, that that was going to be my next point she is not in love with our main dude which is very important just for the variety of yeah it. no we have been stealth harmed at this point <laughs> we have and i'm not gonna lie i've realized that around about the christmas arc was when i noticed it and i was like <laughs> oh damn it yeah. Uh, so the Christmas arc is that uh, Tiger comes back to school. Um, Kitamaru uh, has kind of moved on from being dumped, but has also made it part of his personality. Not just part of his personality. He's made it part of the school mythology. <laughs> they see him as the patrons, patron saint of unrequited love. And yeah. so he is taking in everyone else's unrequited love and as if it's a curse that he's taking taking from them into himself so that everyone else can be successful in their love endeavors oh my god what are we watching <laughs> so i am i'm the obelisk of no bitches <laughs> <laughs> oh damn <sighs> yeah so it's yeah Tiger comes back, and this is the kid Amara she comes back to. He's running a radio show over the PA system. Oh, my God. And what we see is the teacher in an interview with him. They've blurred out her eyes in, in the anime. But, of course, everyone knows it's the fucking teacher. She's <laughs> their teacher, and it's a radio show. Oh, my God. They do her so dirty. I love it so much. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, 
Poor woman. <laughs> but yeah, part of the thing he's now doing as the saint of broken hearts is he's putting on a big Christmas party for everyone. Yeah. And he's like, if you want to ask someone on a date and you're worried it's going to fail, I have absorbed the failure <laughs> from you. <laughs> so I guarantee you will succeed if you come to my Christmas party. Oh, what a great, what a great pull. And everyone's down for it. Everyone's like, hell yeah, let's do this party. Not everyone is down for it. Except. Minery. <laughs> Who has been very out of sorts for quite a while on the show now. Sort of the the last time we see her and Ryuji interacting is both of them go and check up on uh, Kitamaru together. Right before they realise that he's actually just moved into Ryuji's house. <laughs> yeah, the, they have the, the scene with the, the two of them talking to each other on the, the riverside. And they're kind of discussing where they're at in life. Oh, and yeah. she's she's like a bit existential around it. Yes, she's a bit unsettled. Ryuji can't pick it, but after that, she starts really withdrawing from the class, from her friends, from club, everything. Like the things that she lives for, she really starts pulling away from. Which <sighs> I feel you. I've yeah. been there. It's oh, rough times. She starts overdoing it with the club. Like, she's making mistakes, like, simple mistakes in softball because she's not paying attention. Yeah. And she's just thrown herself into, oh, I just have to practice, practice nonstop because that's the only way I can make up for the fact that I'm off my game. Which, and I, watching it, I was, like, at the time, like, in the moment, I was like, why is this, like, happening, really? Like, why does she feel so indebted to the club? Like, you know, you have off moments and when you're distracted, of course. And like, you know, you just get back into the group eventually. Like, I'm not saying it's easy, but you will get back into the groove of things. So like, you don't need to worry too much. But later on, we find out that um, her brother was a big uh, baseball player and she was actually better than him at it. But she was like in, ju- uh, in junior high school or elementary school, whatever it was. She's not allowed to join the team because baseball was men's only at that, like for that school. Um, and so her goal is to go to a, like we'll find this out later, but she, her goal is to go to a, a sports academy and become like a top level baseball player. So at in the moment I was confused, but by the end I was able to circle back around and go, oh, this is why she cares so much about being off her game. She can't afford to be off her game because she's got a goal. Like yeah. a future goal, and this is fucking everything up. She's got a goal, and it ties into her identity in a different, more complicated way as well. Yeah. So she's she's wearing the bald cap <laughs> around this time. Oh, it's so good. And uh, Minari is a character who who has these moments. I I caught it uh, in episode thirteen at the end of the the cultural festival arc, where she you know tosses out you know she's a bit jealous of Tiger and Ruji and the relationship they have. And they're like, you know, why am I so jealous? Am I, am I a lesbian? I could be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. And you're like, huh? <laughs> and then she's like, she keeps saying shit. Like, uh, she's got the part later on where she's, she's talking about like, you know, she's chickened out of getting like a really, really short haircut. Yeah. But she was seriously thinking about it. Yeah. About when she was young, um, she had like a really she had a buzz cut. She had a buzz cut. Yeah. And she was laughing at the, the fact that all of the stuff used to call her Mr. Lady. Yeah. And she really liked that. And every time she says something like this, I go, huh. Oh, is, is, is this the trans representation that I've been looking for since apparently 2008? <laughs> <It is. laughs> 
She's a character who has some stuff to hash out about her sexuality and presentation and hasn't hasn't gotten there in life to the point of doing it. And I don't want to be prescriptive about it or anything, but it's it's definitely there. It's definitely there. I feel like we could have pulled it a bit more out into the text rather than leaving it a subtext, but yeah, it's there and it's nice. It's like again, it's it's depth. It's something to think about, and we shouldn't be speculating, but speculate about with these characters. Um, yeah. Yeah, by the end, she's, she's head of the, the men's and women's teams Yeah, in the sports club. I, d- I hadn't even put that together until you just said it right now, but yeah, she is the head of like the co-ed team. Mm. Oh, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Best girl. Best person. I'm going to say best person now. So they're going to have the Christmas party. Getting everything sorted, getting everything worked out. They get Army to bring in the Christmas decorations from a shoot that she did at some point. So they've got a tree that's like two and a half stories tall. Yeah, um, we get an important new character trait about Tiger. She fucking loves Christmas. Yeah, bit of a bit of an odd backstory for that one. She used to go to a very Catholic school. Oh, Tiger. Yeah, she is like, hey, Tiger's Catholic. Yeah, just <laughs> very interesting. Um, do all Catholics carry this much rage within them? I, I must. I must ask some Catholic friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need to re-examine the entire show, assuming that Catholic guilt is a major character trait for her. Um, so yeah, and like in doing that, every year at Christmas they would go out and do volunteer work, including giving presents to like poor children and homeless children and things like that. And it really gave her that kind of idea that. Everyone needs someone to be there, and she wanted to be that someone for a, like anyone if she could. Uh, and and yeah. she has this recurring dream from her childhood of being visited by Santa. Yes, <laughs> that she has latched onto, and like she still like presents herself as a Santa believer. Yeah, <laughs> even though she gets shit for it. I was actually waiting for at any point for somebody to just come out and say, "You know, Santa doesn't exist, right?" And see how they did that, but they didn't. They just were like, "Oh yeah, this oh, army came kid. close." <laughs> Came close, but didn't actually say it. Like, didn't actually do that. We didn't have to deal with that. It was it was interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're getting everything together. Like, Army is just kind of like, yeah, I'll help out, whatever. That'll be fun. Um, Tiger is super into it. Um, everyone is super into it except for Kushieda, who's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off and do my thing over here. Yeah, and uh, Ruji is like inviting her constantly over and over. <laughs> It's honestly just depressing to watch, man. Just just give it up, man. Just <laughs> just stop. We're getting close to getting into the like if she said no twice, just drop it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, they're setting everything up. Um they've got a star from Tiger, like a really nice crystal glass star, and they put it at the top of the tree and they turn the lights off and then they turn the lights on for the tree and it's all beautiful during the setup. It's all beautiful. And then a softball comes flying through the window and knocks the tree over and the star shatters into pieces. We have a big dramatic moment of Minori rushing in, seeing what's happened, and just losing it. Oh, what a heavy moment. Yeah, you want to talk about metaphors in this show. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's it comes out what she's kind of most terrified in life is that, you know, Tiger has these things in her life that mean a lot to her and are important to her and that are, this, you know, the guiding stars in her life. And Minari is convinced that she's going to smash that. What a metaphor. Um, so, yeah, she immediately 
gets in and says, it's okay, I'll fix it. I'll, just, I'll fix it. But it's in like a bunch of pieces and it's glass. I don't know how they ended up putting it back together. Like, is that just glue? That doesn't, I don't think glass works that way. <laughs> yes. But anyway, um, she starts putting it back together. And of course, Ryuji, the white knight, comes in and tries to help her. It's just like, piss off. I've got this. Just go away. He ignores her. And they sit down together and put this star back together. Again, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> that is rough because she's like crying and like she is. saying his it, name over and over. And it's not. It's brutal. Oh. For Tiger, for her part, totally amazing. Chill. Just like this thing got broke. She's like, oh, like, I, I'm sad, but it's fine. Like, it's don't worry about it. We'll get another star. Yeah, it's, it's another like Tiger's drunk her normal juice now. Yeah. She's a bit more socially adjusted. Although I don't think even at the beginning that she would have been that mad at Minority for having broken the star. No, like, from, yeah, given all, their all relationship. Do, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah if, it, if it had been someone else, for sure. Mm. But, it, uh, but at this point, she probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, so they, they put the star back together. Ryuji invites Minori to the party again. And she doesn't respond. <laughs> she doesn't, like, give him an answer. So the party happens. Oh, before the party. We're getting ready. Uh, you know, like Tiger's getting ready and Ryuji's getting ready and Tiger gives him a suit to wear to the party. That used to belong to her fucking dipshit dad, yeah. Yeah, which part of me is like, oh, okay, but part of me is like, fuck yeah, fuck that guy. He doesn't deserve <laughs> this fucking suit. Um, so uh, Yuji gets stressed in the suit and looks like an absolute criminal. Oh my God, <laughs> he... As, as his mom said, oh, my God, you look just like your dad. And I'm like, yeah, he does look like a Yakuza boss. Like, he really does. It's amazing. And Tiger, I I do have a note that just says, dang, what a cute dress. Just like an amazing outfit. The dress is nice. I'm not sold on the hairdo. The hairdo <laughs> I can take They do this leave. thing for her and Army where they, they both have these really tight updos. Yes. Which kind of just makes them look like a anime head in the early stages of a How to Draw Manga book. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, like, that is a style. Like, it is for sure a style that people, like, you, if you go to, uh, like, a really high-class opera or a ballet or something, you will see a woman wearing this sleeveless um, dress Oh, not even sleeveless, like strapless, like up to the chest, black dress with the long gloves and the hair in a tight updo. Not my favorite look for the hair, don't get me wrong, mm. but like as an ensemble and as a as going for a look, nailed it. Mm. Fantastic. Um, it is critical to come back around on Army at this point because, you know, she's, she's having a good time helping everyone set up the festival, but she, she needles. This is the thing Army does. She fucking needles, she needles. people. And she starts needling uh, Ryuji. Because uh, she starts, like, giving him shit for trying to have the weird family dynamic yeah. that he has. Where he's like, you're, you know, you're, you're acting like you're the daddy and uh, Minner is the mommy and Tiger's your daughter. <laughs> and she's like, it's not fucking normal. No, it's not. It's harsh reality, which I love. Mm. It's, ooh, it's so good. Um, and, like, Tiger has been stepping back. She's been, you know, cleaning her own apartment and learning to cook for herself. And Ruji keeps trying to get her to come over and it's like, no, I'll cook dinner. And she's like, no, no, seriously. <laughs> there, there has to be some separation between us. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. I also appreciate, not appreciate, because again, it's turned into a harem, but she's needling in that, mm-hmm. don't you like me? 
we could be a thing. And it's just like going right over his head. He's like, she's like lies in a suggestive pose when they're both in a room together. And he's just like, he doesn't say this, but he's effectively saying, you're right. Feeling a bit sick. What's going on? Just not getting it. By the end of this whole thing, spoilers, I feel quite bad for Ami because (laughs) she's putting these messages out, not in a very direct way, but she's putting these messages out and they're just like bouncing off his thick fucking forehead. (laughs) Yeah. And it's get, gets more clear towards the end that she thinks that, uh, you know, that would also resolve the weird love triangle thing. It would. Yes. She's like, isn't it better if you just pick another option? That's not part of this whole mess. (laughs) It's better for the girls as well. For sure. For sure. But Yuji's a dumb, dumb dude. Yeah. Just forges ahead. He's like, this party's going to be great. You know what he's going to come along? It'll be a fantastic time. They go to the party. I do love that immediately he starts working behind the punch bowl because the guys who were doing it before him sucked at it. He was like, <laughs> I can't deal with you idiots. Get out of the way. I'll serve the punch. Um, Kitamaru is acting like an exhibitionist. Yeah. <laughs> Buff like- shirtless Santa. <laughs> This this becomes a thing for him now. Now that he's he cuts loose as a character, and now it is like you know I, I know I'm the student council president, but there's I'm not trying to impress this girl all the time. Yep, I can just be myself, and what myself is, is <laughs> taking my shirt off all the time and constantly, constantly. It's amazing. Oh, I love this kid. <laughs> but yeah, what we're leading to here is that you know Tiger leaves early because she's organized for Minari to come to the party instead of her and she's going to spend Christmas alone, uh, which Ryuji feels incredibly bad about. And yeah. he decides he is going to borrow the there's this big teddy bear Santa suit that a guy's been wearing to the party. He borrows the bear suit off of him and shows up to Tiger's window to recreate her Christmas dream of Santa visiting her. Not going to lie. I didn't catch it like the first time I watched through it. I didn't catch that the bear was already at the party and it was a student. Yeah. So when he rocked up at the apartment in this bear suit, I'm like, this motherfucker went out and bought a bear suit <laughs> on Christmas Eve at seven o'clock at night. What the fuck is going on? And then later, like we find out that it was a student, whatever. And I'm like, oh, and okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, cool. But like, I was so confused. Yeah. So he rocks up and he makes her night. He also, like, fails to get into the room <laughs> at one point. That was fun. But, yeah, it's a very sweet, very sweet Yeah, moment. you see her go kid mode immediately. 100%. And, like, hugging him and, like, dragging him around the house. And, uh, like, she's so excited. And then she kind of has this, this moment where she's like, you, you shouldn't be here. You can't be here. Yeah. You're ruining your chances with me, Naughty. He's not. But, oh, no. what are you doing? Get back over there. And he goes, okay, I'll run back. In the bear suit. <laughs> so he goes back, waits outside the party, waits for her to arrive. She does arrive. He confesses his love for her and gets utterly rejected. Yes. Uh, she, well, because on her way there, she passes by their house and, you know, Tiger is, you know, had to really force herself to, to push Ryuji out of the house. And she kind of, like, breaks her own heart in the process. Yeah. And, like, she ends up, like, outside just, like, crying and saying his name over and over. Because this was really the moment where she realized that she actually does like him. 
Yeah. Which I, man, good job show for keeping it until this point. Like, I feel like another any other show would have blown its load on that yeah. much earlier, but <laughs> they kept it going until now to yeah. finally have her realize. And it's rough because it, like, ties into what Army was saying. And it was, like, sitting there the whole thing thinking about, like, you you got to stop doing dad-coded activities. Yeah. And then he does the most dad-coded activity imaginable <laughs> to a girl with known daddy issues. Yeah. Like, what did you think uh. was going to fucking happen? Like, did you not realize how much this would emotionally affect... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a shambles. It's a romantic comedy. That's the point. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, what it's worth, like, this Christmas episode is, like, this is one of the lauded parts about Toradora. People consider this one of the great Christmas episodes in anime. Yep, for sure. And it's considered to be, like, the height of Toradora. Yep. Where you end this episode where Ryuji is heartbroken, Minari is heartbroken, Taiga is heartbroken. Everyone is, like, trying to do their best to make each other happy, but it just everyone is making themselves miserable in the process. And so a couple of days after our last recording, you sent me a message saying, I just stayed up late <laughs> watching the Christmas episode and now I'm destroyed. I, uh, yeah. I think it was, I'm extremely depressed this was the, the word. This is where I, I cried at the end of this one. So- I, I, don't really cry watching a lot of shows, but this got me. So I do. Um, fun fact, audience, hormones really mess with everything. And <laughs> I've cried more in the last couple of years than I have in my whole life combined. Um, but watching this, I didn't cry. I was sad, for sure. Like, it was a you know devastating moment, but like I didn't cry. Then, later that night, I woke up at like two in the morning. After an extremely sad dream, I was bawling my eyes out and I didn't stop for 30 minutes. Oh, delayed effect. I see. I've never experienced this before. It was crazy. It's like one of those anime punches where it hits and then there is a moment of pause. Yeah. And then the shockwave. Except my moment of pause was like four hours. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So I, big cry. Mm -hmm. God damn. Yeah, so... (laughs) Ruji gets sick after this. The next we see of uh, anyone is New Year's Day, where Taiga runs into Kitamaru out of the shrine. Out of the shrine. Doing the New Year's thing. Doing the New Year's thing, yeah. like, yeah, he got, like, mega flu. (laughs) (laughs) Again, great moment. We've put one of our main characters in the fridge for a while to let these other interactions happen. This is where I need to take my fucking sidebar to tell you about Toradora Portable. Oh, no. I was telling you, they made this visual novel for the PSP, yep. which explores alternate endings. I told you it branches off from a part in the show. Ah. This is where it branches off in the show. Ooh. And the setup for this game is that he gets so sick that he gets amnesia. No, oh, my God, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not allowed to do that. <sighs> Illegal. <laughs> And I guess he wakes up, like, right after we've had the emotional beat where it's clear that every girl is into him. Yeah. And everyone gets a fresh reset. And, you know, you can take the the tiger route or the minaree route or the army route. See, what I don't like about that is that you said everyone gets a fresh reset, despite the fact that nobody else has amnesia. So everybody else, like, 
still understands what this web of things is amongst each other. But anyway, yeah. this is what visual novels do. Continue. <laughs> By all means, it's not considered to be that well written. Ah, uh, okay. People don't seem to like this game very much. I wonder why. There's a bunch of weird routes that spin off. Honestly, these are my favorite ones. There is a Yasuko route. Because part of him getting I was, am- I'm not going to do it because I don't want to ruin the recording, but I was about to put my microphone down and walk out of the room. <laughs> because part of him getting amnesia is that he also forgets that Yasuko is his mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it, do- it does apparently swerve away from by the end where they realize it's all a misunderstanding. But but no. But the- <laughs> no, you don't get to do that. You don't just get to do that. No. <laughs> Yeah, there's then just like shit post endings for some reason. There's one where the teacher ends up marrying Inko, the parrot. What the fuck? I mean, this is what I live for in a visual novel. So I, yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, there's the the tiger minery, hundred percent all for it. Ending, yep, yep, let's do it. Which might have been an okay result for the show, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Although not because Japan's not big on polyamory, but you know. And then there's one for the student council president. Where Ryuji doesn't get with her, but he goes with Kitamaru to move to America and they join NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a different fucking show at this point. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Yes. All right, I might end up getting this game just to try and find that ending. So yes, that's where it, it spins off. <laughs> but coming back into the reality of the show. Good, good, yep. He comes back to school, and it's around the same time as they are planning their school trip, which was going to be to Okinawa. They were going to go to Okinawa for a beach holiday. In was it winter at that point? I think it would have. Yeah, I think it was yeah, winter, winter at that point. So yeah, and Okinawa would have been a, like Okinawa's pretty good in winter time because it's obviously really far south. So it's the same much. thing people do with the tropics here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a fun time. And then the hotel they were going to go to burns down. <laughs> I appreciate because at, at this point in the show, the the comedy part of the rom com is tapering off. Yes. Oh, we need to hit some bigger, heavier plot beats. You're not going to get as many jokes as you were before. Um, look, there are there are different ways you could feel about this. I wish that they had kept a bit more of the comedy going mm-hmm. to the back half of it, purely because I think this was it's a funny show that tell, tells good jokes. Yep, it, it it does also have a dick joke. This is the point where they <laughs> they. <laughs> There's a there's a Okinawan delicacy that's called or not delicacy but like a, a little treat that's called like famous in Okinawa that's called a chinsuko, like a chinsuko. That's what it is. And uh, at one point they like show Tiger like a thing of it, and they're like, "Hey, hey, say this word," and she goes chinkosu, which means it means small, mm. but it's commonly used as a euphemism for pindic. Right. So, yeah, they got it to say Pindic. Fun times, yeah. <laughs> Top-tier comedy. <laughs> it's strange. They they don't translate this joke in the dub at all. There's a couple of things that I'm, I'm, I, could, I could not imagine watching the dub for. There'll be one coming up um, actually in this arc when they're on the bus heading to the ski resort or like they're on a bus or a train or whatever and they're heading somewhere and they're playing a game. 
where, and I really want to know from you what happens in this. There's a game in Japanese called Shiritori, which is where a person says a word, and then the next person in, in the order has to say a word that begins with the last sound of the first word, and then the next person has to say a word that begins with the last sound of that word, and you just keep going and going, usually on a theme. And in this case, in the show, they were doing things that are bitter. Yes. Very fun. What the fuck did they do for the English? <laughs> no, that, that one they obviously put a bit of effort into. Normally when that gets done in a dub or something like that, they make the game that it starts with the first and last uh, anglicized letter. Ah, okay. And so they did find different words that fit in. I was guessing not all of them are the same, but they did come up with some new words to make the joke still work. Okay. Because, like, this is not a very common game in the West. Like, I know that it, like, I'm sure I've played it before at some point. But, like, it's not a common thing. It is a very common thing in Japan. Like, if you've got kids sitting around doing whatever. I one, At one point, I had a bunch of kids who were meant to be studying for an exam during a period. And I was just walking through the school to go and see another teacher. And I poke my head in the room. And there's just a bunch of writing on the board. Because you can also do it by writing it out. You just write the thing. And then instead of writing the word starting with the next character, you just continue it on. So, I was like, I don't understand what any of the fuck that is. And then I actually stopped for a moment and watched them. And I was like, oh, they're, they're playing the game. Okay. Yeah. In the show, they cold like they basically cold open with it on the scene, and I was like, it took me a moment to be like, hang on a minute, what's going? What are they? Oh, they're playing Shitty Toddy, okay. And I was like, this can't be <laughs> easy to get because kids don't just do this on a bus in over here. But yeah, fun stuff. Anyway, they're meant to be going to Okinawa for their school trip, and then they can't because the hotel burns down. So instead, the teacher says, "Hey, cool, you all are going to figure out where you're going next." Oh wait, no, it's a ski trip. They go to the mountains. No, but they had a thing where they had to make pamphlets. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that was part of yeah. They get told that it's the ski trip and their assignment, because it's got to be school related in some way, is that they've got right. to go, uh, plan their own itinerary and make a booklet as though you were selling it as a travel agent. <laughs> yeah, so they all get together at Tiger's house and start putting it together. And how does it just casually goes ahead and wears some of tiger's clothes like it's nothing and i'm like what the fuck dude you're like six foot tall <laughs> what is going on you're going to destroy that put it down um but yeah they have a fun time putting this stuff together i don't even remember what else happens in that <laughs> um main bit is they get to the ski resort everyone's skiing and our love triangle deepens and gets more difficult to untangle because Ryuji is still trying to get with Minori, despite being completely shut down on Christmas Eve. Mm. Yeah, and Tiger is... She plays her part in this. She's also pushing this. She's like... She's also pushing this. She's like, she shut you down because she's seen how close you are with me. So if I start becoming distant, she will be able to move in effectively. Yeah, and she, and she says, I am dead sure that she is into you. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> And she ends up being on the money there. She does end up being on the money. The thing is, despite Yuji's attempts to, you know, signal his feelings for her, she's acting like nothing happened on Christmas Eve and that they are both just fun friends and is not being dumb but playing dumb. As well as that, we have our background characters still trying to get in with each other. Can't remember the names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the sword fight, it is very clear to everyone else in the school. Oh, obviously Tiger has feelings for Kitamaru. And everyone's like, hey, we should all try and get them together. <laughs> and so it says to effects, Ryuji starts getting annoyed because he's like, no, this was my thing. 
And there's the, that there's that dad thing coming in again. Yeah, but the the second thing is that uh, Tiger isn't really having the sort of big reactions she was to Kitamaru in the start. Like she just just not even be able to hold a conversation with him. But but especially after New Year's, like she is like on speaking terms completely, totally fine with things. Yeah, but also there is no chemistry between them anymore. Not none at all whatsoever. Very interesting. And what's what's her background character's name? Um, Harita. No, no, the one who's into. Oh, the other one, Kihara. Kihara, that's it. Um, uh, and so she, uh, she is. Her friend is trying to oppose the everyone getting Tiger with with it with um what's his name to get her friend with him instead. This leads to a big clash at the ski resort. <laughs> everyone fights. Of course, Ami's in the mix, being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, the vibes are so bad already because all of our background characters are fighting with each other. <laughs> and then Ami escalates things because she's been watching, you know, Minari and Ruji reacting. And uh, she goes, I don't like how Minari's acting. I'm going to start giving a shit about it. I think one of the, one of the things she said was... Um, it was something like, give up this mask. You need to stop wearing this mask. Yeah. There's, there's which, like- which is amazing because this is what she has been doing for the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> Just amazing. So there are two parts to where she's at with her head. The, like the first is that she's sympathetic to Ryuji. But you get the sense after you actually listen to their conversation, and that's a secondary concern. And her bigger concern is that she is personally been through the experience of having to hide her feelings and her personality, knows how frustrating and painful it is. And watching Minari go through that uh, is stressing her out. Yep. Makes sense. We've actually got some, I don't know if you'd call it sympathy or empathy, but like deepening of that character, some understanding. It's good to see she's not just a bitch. She's a bitch and <laughs> she understands this. Uh, Minari takes it wrong and like refuses to uh, engage with her on this. Uh, things escalate. They they have the big fight that night. And then the next day they get into a fist fight. They get into in a fucking snow. fist fight. <laughs> Great stuff. Hell yeah. I love this teacher just like, oh no, stop, don't. <laughs> yeah, look, um, 10 episodes ago, if, uh, I'd said we are coming up to an army Minari fist fight. <laughs> I literally i would have been like what the fuck is wrong be like you? how do you get get, <laughs> get out of here that's not gonna happen but then it does and you're like oh shit great stuff um, they're throwing punches as well they're throwing hard punches yeah they start with a couple of slaps and then just right in there with a the right hook um and during this tiger comes in to try and break them up gets thrown knocked back mm. the hairpin which we haven't mentioned, which was the gift that Ryuji had originally gotten to give to Minori on Christmas Eve at the party, but didn't end up giving to her because he also he left it in his suit, not in the bear suit, so he didn't have it, and then also got rejected. Um, that pin ended up with Minori because Tiger found it, or however, I don't even remember how she got it, but she, found, she ended up with it and gave it to Minori and said, wear this, it's something important. Without any other context. She was wearing it during the fight. The hairpin gets thrown away, like knocked away. And after the fight, like has not concluded, but everyone's broken up. um, Tiger runs off to try and find the hairpin and falls down a fucking cliff. Yes. 
Yeah, the hairpin also big on metaphors. Very big on metaphors. Yeah. It's interesting, like Minari actually like apologizes later for wearing it. Yeah, that was that was a big moment for me. I was like, oh wow, we're not just like putting it out and then dropping it. Like full on apology for doing that. Yeah, and not like not necessary, obviously, but like understanding what it meant. Yeah, like and the writers understanding that we can't just drop this. We need to bring it back and have these characters interact about it. Great stuff. Yeah, because like awesome. the first time he sees her wearing it is in the ski lodge. And yep. it, it just hits him bad for some reason. And he goes back to his room and just like huddles under his bed sheets for a while. <laughs> oh, big mood. Big mood. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, Tiger goes to find the hairpin, falls down the cliff. And everyone's like, huh, Tiger's gone. Where's Tiger gone? Can't find her. They go back to the lodge because a storm's coming in. And it's nighttime now. And Minori and Ryuji decide to go out and look for her. Uh, and um, Yeah, Kitamara goes. Kitamara goes as well. Uh, and so they go out looking for her. Eventually, Yuji finds her, picks her up, and starts carrying her back to the lodge. And while he's carrying her, her uh, Tiger in her delirious state, Tiger thinks that it's Kitamaru and starts talking to him about her feelings for Yuji. And Yuji's fe- hearing all this and going, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is something I think the show is clever for doing this. It only shows you that short snippet of uh, Tiger and Kitamaru meeting on New Year's Day. But there is there is like a second half to that conversation that you only find out later. Yeah. That Tiger was actually like, I have feelings for Yuji. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually coming to you as the saint of broken hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not because I want this to work out, but because I want these feelings to go away. Because they yes. are just complicating my life incredibly. And complicating Ryuji's life. <laughs> yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah, and so I think he ends up passing out as well. <laughs> and so they both end up getting found eventually. It's okay. Everyone's yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, then we have uh, our, that's the end of our ski trip. What a way to end it. Um, and we end the ski trip arc again with Tiger out of the picture for a couple of days or week. I don't know how long yeah, it was exactly. Her, her mum comes to collect her. She lives with her mum for a while. This is something I wanted to talk about. Um so this is a show that outpaces its source material, right? Right, okay. Right now, as the manga hasn't gotten as far as we are talking about. Oh. And also, the light novels at this point are still coming out, and they are also not at this point. So That this I know it's 2008. Yeah. But it feels like this is way too long a time for this stuff to still be coming out and not be up to the right, up to the same mm-hmm. spot. Oh, no, sorry, to explain, the light novels are finished now. Oh, I get what you mean. But at the time where this is being produced and airing. Yes, right. They they cut off somewhere around here. Right, okay. And so the creator has given basic plot points to the team <laughs> to finish it off. Yeah, okay. I feel I feel like our last arc here is probably the weakest in terms mm. of writing, and that, that explains it. I hadn't, yes. I hadn't put that together until you've explained that right now. But, yeah, for sure, this last one feels, if not rushed, like just not paced as well as every, every other one was. There there are a couple of critical beats here that it needed to hit that it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and one of them I want to flag for you right now is that around this time we find out that her dad has gone out of business. He was found to be doing fraud or something like that or just managing his money badly. <laughs> Uh, so he's he fled the country. He <laughs> doesn't own the apartment that Tiger lives in anymore. 
So, like, from the start of the ski trip onwards, she's actually squatting in an apartment she doesn't live in. <laughs> Fantastic. And he's not sending through any money to her because he doesn't have any. Right. That didn't really come through in the show. No. They they kind of dance around it. Mm. They just kind of go like, yeah, dad's not around anymore, whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. There is, there is a scene that it, you needed that context for it to hit better, which is the scene where, you know, they're both being pushed to fill in their... Career things. Yes. And Tiger's contemptuous response is, I'm rich. I don't need to do any of this career shit. I don't need to have a job. Yep. When she's actually not. Yeah. Yeah, Knowing that she is lying through her teeth there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Mm. Mm. Um, So, yeah, they get back from the ski trip. Tiger's out of action for a bit. Everyone's trying to get in contact with her, but can't. Turns out just let her phone die. (laughs) Yeah. And she's been with her mum, who been with her has mom. also been out of the picture for a while, and she hasn't had much contact with. She's avoided her mum because her mum also has a new family, and she feels incredibly weird about it. Understandably. Yep. Um, so, I can't even remember what they do at school. Uh, at school, they are filling in their future career planning paperwork, whatever you'd call it. And Yuji's having conversations with his mum about the fact that like, he doesn't really want to go to university because they don't have the money to send him to university. Uh, but mum's saying, nah, you're going to go to university. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be great. And this is where I start to have been hardcore, yes, mum, let's go, great, mum, fantastic. But all of a sudden, I've got a kid who's like, I don't need to go to university. I don't really care about going to university. It doesn't matter to me. I'll do whatever. And mum's just like, nah, you're fucking going. Oh, not good, mum. Yeah, starts putting herself out. Like, she takes on an extra job. She takes on an extra job. Where she job. intends to put all of the money for that towards his study <laughs> that he has said that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. And that she is, like, exhausting herself doing now. And it's... It's, it's like, kind of giving him the guilt trip. Yeah. And it's, it like, to make it feel worse is the fact that his character arc, basically... No, not his character arc, but his character throughout the whole thing has been... He has been into housewife free like he is into cleaning he is into cooking he likes doing these things and so for him probably a future simple life would be having some kind of job where he probably doesn't get paid very much money but he is allowed to like effectively be a housewife would be a pretty cool time for him Mm. but mum isn't seeing that man is built to be a stay-at-home dad yeah and mum is just Choosing not to see this. She's like, nah, nah, nah. You gotta get a good job so you can have a better life than I did. And Yuji, completely in the right, calls her out for this and is like, you are projecting your failures onto me. Don't do that. Great stuff. Oh, what a great moment. Mm, yeah, you learn more about Yasuko's background where she, well, we already knew she ran away from her family. <laughs> he gets gifted a watch around the time of the Christmas party. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I stole everything from my parents I could when I left. <laughs> and this wasn't worth enough to sell, so it's yours now. Oh, great stuff. Um, and so when he tells her this, like he's yelling her at her this, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but when he yells this at her, she's just standing there, dumbstruck, crying. What a moment. That's hard. He's, oh, he's brutal with his mom. <laughs> absolutely brutal. Um, I was sitting there going, that's your mom, you fucking cunt. <laughs> But like, was- I understand your feelings right now, but throwing it at her like this 
before I get on to their, their, their eventual solution to their problems, have I, have I missed anything in this arc that we need to talk about? No, go ahead, power on. Yeah, okay. Um, so, Tiger's back now, and so they're filling out their paperwork. Like, he's still talking with mum and whatnot. And eventually the teacher sits them down and is like, you two need to fill this paperwork out and give it to me at the end of the day. And <laughs> Tiger, as you said... Uh, says, I don't need to think about the future. I'm fucking rich. Whatever. And folds it up into a paper plane and throws it out the window. (laughs) (laughs) And Duji thinks about it some more, but then doesn't actually write anything. Um, And then they go home, have the confrontation with mum and with Tiger's mum as well. Mm. They've been talking to each other, trying to find out where the kids are and whatnot. And so they decide to run away and elope. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay, the the missing plot beats here. Sorry. Uh, the first is that Tiger's mom actually does work herself to exhaustion. And uh-huh. they end up uh, taking on her shifts at the bakery that she can't do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're selling Valentine's chocolates. Yuji's mom. Valentine's Day. Yuji's mom. Yeah, that's great. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. So, they're selling the Valentine's Day chocolate. I, I, how did I forget this bit? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> they're selling the chocolates and how did her comes up? With his girlfriend. <laughs> Just what a turn, what a plot twist. How does a has a cute girlfriend who is into him for him? And he's just like airhead. <laughs> cool. Whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've got to try and sell the chocolates and army rocks up. And <laughs> Tiger essentially blackmails her into advertising for them. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more lighthearted than the earlier blackmail. Yeah, it, it was a really nice moment. Like, Ami and Tiger are, like, properly friends at this point. Yeah, we should, we've got to mention that at the Christmas party, they both have a duet mm-hmm. that everyone gets super enchanted with. I was honestly not that impressed by it. It was just kind of like, mm. whatever. But, you know, it was a nice yeah, as moment. as far as big musical moments in a show goes, there maybe could have been a bit more. Yeah, a bit more to it. It was like, it was just a bit, a bit, the music was a bit flat and the presentation was a little bit flat. Mm. Um but yeah, so they're, they're, they're working mum's second job because she got sick. Yeah, uh, but, you know, Tiger's enjoying herself and she gets it into her head. Oh, you know, I actually want to get everyone Valentine's Day chocolate. And uh, she, as, as someone who couldn't even fucking cook at the start of this show. She spends the whole night making chocolate and putting them into the boxes that she got from the, the um, bakery. Yeah. Cafe, whatever it was. Uh, and so she goes to school and she starts handing them out to all of her friends. And they trap her in a room. <laughs> well, like she gives this the best batch to Kitamaru. And she says, I want to give you the best batch because you were the one who saved my life out on the mountain. <laughs> and Minori oh. <laughs> hears this and like a fucking animal predator. Just her head whips at Yuji and the eyes are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> great ruji's like all right we're not gonna we're not gonna tell her and kitamara's like all right i guess we're not gonna tell her <laughs> minari does not go along with this and she goes off at him and says you fucking liar <laughs> you piece of shit <sighs> and yeah the the three supporting characters in this like force the two of them to talk about their feelings with each other <laughs> finally we have people <laughs> talking yay <laughs> It's and it's good that, like, it is a full cast effort at this point and that everyone is invested in, like, Ryuji and Tiger actually, like, coming clear on their feelings for each other. It's it's a refreshing moment for sure. Mm. Um, so, they, they – lots of tears, lots of crying. Minori is also, like, in tears at this point because she's recognized that she does like him, like Ryuji, but 
she can't be with him because she wants Tiger to be happy. And she can see that clearly this would be a very good pairing. Yeah. And she she understands that it's easier for her to step back than it is for Tiger to step back. Yeah. And, it's and like, I have other shit going on in my life. I have career goals. I think that's probably, for me, the, the bigger one, like the more impactful one, the fact that, yeah, she wants Tiger to be happy, but also she recognizes that she actually has aspirations and will probably need to be apart from someone to realize those. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Tiger fucking guns it and runs away. <laughs> and they have to chase her down. You know what? He screams at her, reveals her true feelings and- Begs her to do the right thing. She doesn't. She keeps running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the the scene in the nurse's office where Minari sits down with Ruji, <laughs> and she she says, "Listen, I I have been in love with you for a while, but you are going to sit here and you're going to tell me that you love Tiger, right? You're going to do that." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <sighs> so good. When we have the, uh, the two run away from their parents, because we then have them go and see their parents, and the parents are mad, whatnot. Um, they run away from their parents and go oh, to. How fucking nuts it is. Minari offers to give them her entire life savings. <sighs> it's. <laughs> before She didn't need to go that far. Before, before we get to that bit, um, they're, they're talking to each other on the bridge about, like, their feelings for each other and trying to work through them together and fucking tiger with the relatable line. I can't think of the future right now with so much shit going on. Mm. Ooh. Oh, that got me right in the chest. I was like, ah, story of my life, legit story of my life. I've put so many things on. (laughs) I've had shit going on. Um, and then there was also in that we find that we hear from tiger that, um, she just constantly was like in her mind, I just want to be normal. I was like, oh, two at mm, once, mm, just right, right in my heart. Oh, it got me. Um, but yeah, so they're revealing their feelings. She pushes him into the river somehow. It's winter. It's cold. Yeah. Pushes him into the river and then jumps in after him. And they're about to, while sitting in this river in the middle of winter, say, I love you to each other at the same time. And then they get a call. From I think it was from Minori, who's like, "Oi, get your ass over here to Army's place!" Yeah. And so they get up and go to Army's place, and they've all of their friends are there, and they're like, "Okay, cool. So, what are we going to do? What's happening?" And they decide right then and there, we're going to elope. The idea is that Ryuji is two months away from being eighteen. Yes. And once he is 18, they don't need parental permission or anything like that. They can just get married. I don't know Japanese law well enough because, of course, I'm not going to look up age of consent or age of marriage laws. Um, But I don't know if that works because I don't know that Tiger would have been 18 at the time. But Japan's got some weird laws, so it could be the case. Anyway. They're also fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) This is also true. Um, So they decide they're going to elope and their friends are all like... Hell yeah, do it. That'll be fantastic. Uh, Minori gives them all of, her, as you said, all of her savings. Yeah, they, they don't spend it. It's all good. They don't spend it. Um, and uh, yeah, Army they- offers the beach house, which we saw in the beach episodes, which is fantastic. Kitamaru <laughs> <sighs> gives them some rice vouchers. And I'm like, yeah, dude, helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I, I, I love these late show moments where they're like, oh, we're still doing a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they, they decide that they're going to elope. And with their friend's help, thankfully, uh, they go back to their apartments and decide to grab their stuff so that they can get on a train and head on out of here. Yeah. When Yuji gets back to his apartment, Inko-chan is gone. Mum's gone. There's a note on the table. Mum is running away. <laughs> yep, she she ran away before her son could run away. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, what a what an interesting move. Yeah, and like it, it's you know a show that is interested in Yasuko at the towards the back end of it and kind of does want to hone in on her as, you know, someone who ran away from home and made some stupid decisions and is still kind of mentally a teenager in a lot of ways. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know that we can say a lot of ways. I think we just need to say in pretty much every way. She's she's beautiful. She's wonderful. I love her as a character, but mm, yeah, this kid hmm. really like Yuji is the mature person in the house. Shocking to say, but yeah, he is. Um, and so she's run away. She's left him. Oh, she's brought back out the watch and has said, okay, go to this address, show them the watch. They'll know who you are. Turns out it's the address for his grandparents who he's never met. And they take him in so they don't have to go to the beach house and worry about money and things like that. So they don't spend all that money. Thank God. Um, and yeah, they get to um, grandparents' place. They're shocked to see him, but happy to see him. They take him in. Then he calls mum a couple days later and pretends to have been in an accident. (laughs) So she comes running back to the grandparents to check that he's okay. It's all a ruse. She's been sent on the ruse cruise um, because she (laughs) runs up and there he is. Totally fine. And she brought Inko-chan with her for some reason. Like, I don't know why you would bring the bird along because to check that your son's is okay. Because important. We need to have the metaphor at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I said that that was our metaphor, but I mean, anyway. Um, again, there's where our writing is kind of going off the rails a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, mum recognizes that she's done the wrong thing. And they're now all living together as a happy family in the grandparents' house. Except one night they're... Staring out, looking at the stars, tell each other they love them. This is also considered to be an iconic scene from Toradora. It's- Where they do their practice wedding. The practice wedding and they kiss each other for the first time. I honestly, I hadn't fully realized that nobody had kissed anybody up to this point in the show mm-hmm. at all. And it honestly, the restraint worked. It was a powerful moment. It was really good. Yeah. This is another rom-com thing that comes up in these kinds of shows where there are characters where the plot has to contort a very long way to convince you that these characters wouldn't have just kissed at this point. (laughs) But they've both got a lot of emotional family. Yeah. uh, Friendship, like turbulent shit going on that like they've, they've never really been able to have a peaceful moment with each other for quite some time in the story at this point. Yeah. Um, so they're having it and they kiss. It's a beautiful scene. And they come to recognize that now that mum's here and like with like her family as well and everything, um, they don't have to elope 
like to get away from mum saying no, uh, from from uh, Yuji's mum saying no. Uh, but they still have the issue of Tiger's mum. Yes. And so the solution is rather than eloping, they will get permission from both sets of parents. They've got Yuji's uh, mum's permission, like that's all sort of. Now I've got to deal with Tiger's mum. And so Tiger goes off to see her mum. And then we, she's just gone for months. I think at this point, that point, it would have been like a month or two that she would be gone for. In fact, she gets pulled out of the school and transferred yes. away. And everyone's like, what? This is crazy. And she hasn't been telling Yuji about any of this. So he's mad, of course. Like, they clearly, we've just decided on a plan. Yeah. But- She's just run off and not told me anything further about what's happening. Uh, but he trusts her. Is that a good idea? Probably not. But he trusts her. Finally, everyone graduates and she comes back. Yay! Yeah, this is another thing that the light novel executes differently. I was going to say, like, the pacing here, like, I've just been explaining random things for the last five minutes. That's kind of how the plotting feels at this point. Like, the pacing is not all there. It feels like we've just skipped over a bunch of things, and they're like, oh, yeah, mum came back, and then granddad scolded her, but then everything was fine. Like, I feel like we could have had more of that, and... Yeah, the the part that's kind of missing here, like, must emphasize, you know, he's turning 18, but, like, you know, 18 to 19 is, what, final year of high school in Japan? They, they're not in their final year of high school. They're in their second last year of high school. Yeah. So, when we come back, it is, they are graduating from high school. So Tiger has been gone for over a year. Yeah, and I did not pick up on that until, like, the graduation happened and I took a moment, to, I paused it and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? And it would make way more sense for it to be two months, which is what it is in the light novel. <laughs> yeah. But for some fucking reason. <laughs> they just had to get it over with. They were like, we got 23 episodes. We've got to get it done. They were like, we really can't have a season two of this. <laughs> <laughs> we can't put ourselves in a, a situation where we would continue this successful show. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't read the manga as you have, but I don't. I'm I'm just not sure how they would get an entire 26 episode season, like season two, yeah, out of that relationship. I feel like it'd just get too stale too quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a good case to be made that it's it's a show that has hit all the beats that it wants to hit by the time it wraps up. Yeah. Um. The the other beat is like her and her mum. This show does a lot of parental issues and stuff. Um. So this is what's different in the light novel. Okay. Um. Tiger tries to tell Ryuji that she's going to go live with her mom and he refuses to hear it. Oh. So the dynamic of that is like completely flipped. Right. Because she's thinking about like, you know, she spent some time with her mom after the skiing accident. Yep. Um, and she's realized that she does want to prove that she can have an, a family relationship that works properly. Right. And more than that, she's she's scared that if she doesn't get a family situation working properly, then she's going to carry sort of intergenerational trauma yes. into her relationship with Ryuji. Right. And it's like, if you know, if, if we ever start a family together, how do I know I'm not just going to fuck that up? Like both of my parents fucked up raising me. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Man, I wish we'd gotten that because that, that sounds super interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's where we're at with this ending. Yeah. Overall, 
fantastic. Like, stumbling a bit at the end in terms of pacing, but, like, they did wrap everything up nicely. Like, I did enjoy it. Fantastic stuff. And that that scene at the end when they kiss for the first time was really quite magical. Mm. Especially considering, like, they were in the, like, dusty old room. <laughs> like, <laughs> not a glamorous setting, but still a very glamorous moment. But the fact that it isn't a glamorous setting is kind of what they're making a point of. Yeah, yes. Where she's saying, you know, if we kissed right now, I know your lips would be, like, kind of dry and... <laughs> It wouldn't be great. And she's like, we should do it anyway. Yeah. And then they do it and she goes, yeah, you were, your lips are dry. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And them both acknowledging in their lives, like things don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the idealized version of what you're looking for. And it can still be like really meaningful and you can take a lot out of it. Absolutely. Just fantastic show all around. Fantastic message. Um, I think we have similar feelings on this. But there are quite a few people whose response to this reading around was they were quite unhappy with the ending that Minari gets. Hmm. Okay. They they just feel that she's the one in the group who doesn't get a happy ending. I mean, what about Ami? I mean, like, (laughs) Ami got completely shafted. She's got feelings for her main dude clearly still has some baggage she's trying to work through, but doesn't get given the opportunity to actually complete working through it. She gets through some of it, but not all of it, clearly. Yeah, it, it, she, her later arc in the story is that um, she's working through some stuff where everyone seems to think she's, she's really mature. Uh, people keep making comments to her about how, oh, you know, you're, you're a bit ahead of us. You're a bit more grown up than the rest of us. And the fact that Ryuji is the only one that doesn't see her that way. And we'll go as far to call her childish when she's being childish, which she does act childish. Yeah. And that, like, that hits her. She's like, damn, he sees me. Mm. Like, yeah. And, like, she doesn't, she doesn't get that resolution at the end. She doesn't find that person, which for me, yeah, that's fucking high school, dude. Like, I don't know yeah. many people that found their soulmate by the end of high school. I can think of, like, two people off the top of my head. <laughs> It's not common. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Minori, like, sure. I, I I think this is, again, down to, as you mentioned, the writing, like, not having the source material to go off and whatnot. Just, I think it, sure, it could have been better resolved, but, I mean, got enough. She says, I'm, like, looking to the future, and, you know, I need to keep doing that. And you're like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Is it is that a, like, perfect way to end that? No, of course not. But it is an ending that works. Yeah. Um, I, I don't end that show feeling bad for Minari. No, not at all. You know, like she, she went through some sad stuff. I, I, having said that, <laughs> yeah. if she is actually like, we don't get a resolution of the subtext of her gender sexual orientation <laughs> feelings, which, yes, I would love for her to have figured she that out. But least, again, at least bisexual and probably something else as well. But again, you don't find out and figure that shit out by the end of high school i certainly didn't i didn't figure out i was trans until like three years ago like it just doesn't happen that way Mm. like again if if the whole show is meant to kind of be sticking to the kind of realism of it yeah it's there it's hit it it's a fantastic show thank you for listening to endless 08 i've been duffo and i've been bj You can find all our stuff at Endless08.com and on our social media. If you know a real freak, tell them about the show. We'll see you next time.